0: The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the
3: world. Okay, see, that's what I was looking for. I don't know why it disappeared, and then it was there, and then it would work, and then it wouldn't. But okay, whatever. Welcome to the program. It's hump day, middle of the week, downhill slide. You can, wait, I can see it. It's Firearms Friday. I can see it from here. Whew, man. And yes, my friends, if you live in the South Central area, um, and I don't know how it is down in Kenai, but up in the in the South Central area, Wasilla um, and uh, <laughs> Anchorage and Palmer. Uh, I will tell you, I went outside this morning to let the dog out, and it was the weirdest sound ever, just anywhere. It sounded like crackling paper. I stepped outside. I'm like, what is that? And then I realized that it was a combination of rain and snow hitting the top well, actually rain and kind of like micro sleet and hail hitting the top of the snow cover in the yard. But it literally sounded like somebody was crumpling paper all over the place. It is not good. Uh if you are planning on driving anywhere today, then possibly you should uh <laughs> you should uh leave a lot early. Not just a little early, but a lot early. Um and they've got a winter weather advisory now out for the south-central area and the Matsu. snow, freezing rain, more rain, up to eight inches of snow, ice accumulation up to a tenth of an inch in the Matsu. su uh, Snow is going to spread all over the place there. And then, of course, going into Anchorage, it's going to be a nightmare for those of you that do the commute every day. Uh, definitely not a uh, – definitely not yesterday I was driving around Anchorage And, uh, I mean, it was so nasty at one point I saw a minivan just disgorge about half a dozen military guys, uh, all in there. They were pushing the minivan because it couldn't get it. I mean, all four wheels were going and it was just not going anywhere. It was on a bit of a downgrade and they had to push it onto the flat spot to get the thing going. I mean, it was, it was insane, absolutely insane. And so, uh, anyway, there's, uh, it's ugly out there, uh, down in South Central. Apparently, or excuse me, down on the peninsula. It looks like it's a rainy, uh, a rainy day as well down there. So rain and snow as well. So uh, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be good stuff if you are dry. You might as well just plan on leaving early and probably still being a little late this morning. And in fact, they are. Uh, were they closing some of the schools? Um, schools in both the Anchorage and the MatSU are closed. So uh, today, uh, that's that's how that's how nahasty it is. Uh, I mean, there was something like 48 wrecks yesterday um, with no 38, sorry, 38 with no injuries, seven with injuries and something like another 30 or 40 vehicles in distress, which means they ran up on a snowbank or something and they couldn't get off by themselves. So uh, and it was everywhere. So Alaska, welcome to it. It's it's gonna be beautiful out there. <laughs> I mean, seriously, seriously. All right, well, let's um, <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about the program today, uh, since now we've gotten the theme music out of the way. Goodness, love that. Um, well, and we got we actually have something special to talk about with that today as well. Uh, but in the uh, in the guest category, we're gonna start off here in about uh, oh eight or ten minutes. We're going to pick it up with uh, a brand spankin' new congressional candidate. We're going to be talking with um, Sean Thorne. Sean is the libertarian candidate for U.S. Uh, Congress, for the Congress. Uh, he is going to be, I'm sorry, for the Senate. I said congressional, but I meant it's the Senate. My bad. So you're going to have more, you know, it's, it's more and more. You got Lisa, you got Chewbacca, you got... Uh, uh, L.V. Gray Jackson and Sean Thorne is going to be running for Senate as well. And uh, we're going to have some conversations with him this morning that ought to be fun and interesting. I'm looking forward to that to see what you know, it's always better to have more choices. And especially with the new voting system that we're going to see, Sean is going to appear on the jungle primary. And if he gets um, enough um votes to be in the top four, then I fully expect that uh, he will be on the general ballot as well. And that um, and that that leads to some questions, um, you know, on uh, if you don't uh, if you don't like Lisa, but you still don't like Kelly, uh, maybe for another reason or whatever. Maybe you're looking at Sean. I don't know. You know, are you looking or LV Gray Jackson? Oh, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Uh, Anyway. It's going to be, like I said, this is gonna this is the whole Confucian thing where may you live in interesting times. You want to beat that guy in the face. I'm tired of interesting times. I'd like to go back to dull and normal, boring times. I mean, it makes for tougher radio. There's no doubt about that. But I will tell you that it is definitely better for the soul.
4: <laughs> That's what
3: it comes down to. So Sean Thorne is going to be joining us here in uh, just a little bit. And uh, we can uh, we're 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 good to go. Um, and then in hour two, I don't have any guests lined up, but I expect that some of you will probably call in. And who knows? Maybe we'll get a legislator or two that wants to call in just to hang out, uh, because uh, you know it, it is kind of cool. Um, uh, you know, I keep hearing about this other radio show that's opposite me in the Anchorage area. Uh, and there's a lot of chastisement because, you know, he's not even in Alaska, and he's broadcasting from where is he? Louisiana or whatever. Um and they get he gets a lot of he gets a lot of buzz. But I do notice that we have more and more legislators in the chat room every morning on this program than I think um than I think I've ever seen come up on his deal. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that now, normally on Wednesdays, we're joined by uh, state Senator Mike Schauer. But he has asked to reschedule that till tomorrow. He has a presentation this morning at uh, like seven twenty or something. He's got a presentation to somebody down at Juno. So we're going to talk with Mike Shower tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow. That's tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. We're going to talk with him tomorrow morning. So that's going to be it uh, for that. And uh, I guess that leads us on to the headlines. I mean, the the weather was the first headline because ooh baby, what a hot mess everywhere. Just absolutely not uh, not good stuff. Which reminds me, I need to uh, I have to I have to send out a, an email to uh, you know to let everybody know about uh, the school closures because you know um, that's that's how it works around here. Um, I will uh, I've done that now, uh, but let's uh, let's take a look at some of the headlines. Uh, there are some. Well, I guess first and foremost, did you see that the the judge has decided that the uh, Senate redistricting map needs to be redone? Uh, After it was all said and done, the Superior Court Judge Thomas Matthews says the new political map is imperfect and that some of the process for the drawing of it was also flawed, violated the Open Meetings Act by going into executive session. He said in a ruling late yesterday that the Senate map needs to be redone and one House district involving Skagway and Juno also needs different lines. Now, this is going to be appealed to the Supreme Court. Um, but he based much of his reasoning on the misuse of executive sessions by the Alaska Redistricting Board. Well, it's monkey see monkey do, right? They see that the legislature can basically meet whenever they want in private or in public. And so they're just I mean, I'm I'm poking fun, but really, isn't that one of the crux of the Charter of Changes and changing the rules that we need to uh that we need to change it so that if everybody has to abide by the Open Meetings Act, that the legislature should abide by the Open Meetings Act. I mean, they're making the the redistricting board do it. Why shouldn't you know? Why shouldn't uh, um, the the uh, the the legislature have to do that as well? I mean, it's a it's a huge it's a huge question. It's a huge question. So we'll talk about that uh, this morning. Um, Oh, uh, see, the Anchorage Assembly has postponed more votes on stuff that has really been kind of a crazy thing. Oh, and did you see this? So the and I don't I didn't talk about this yesterday, but I was going to um, an Anchorage man, um, a, a man and a woman went to the library, the Lusack Library in Anchorage, and they went to the to the book return area, and they were returning a book when uh, apparently a homeless man who had been wandering around the library all morning, walked up behind the woman and stabbed her. And um, she luckily survived. It was just this random thing. She is in intensive care. She's lost some feeling in her extremities. There's injury to her spinal cord. Uh, But it turns out that this guy um, had been arrested last month and then released, released from custody when he was declared incompetent to stand trial. Uh it just it, this whole story is just, I mean, it just gets weirder and weirder. Welcome to Anchorage. I mean, the place that apparently you don't want to live because, wow, uh, there's some crazy stuff there. But the big news, I think for those of us who are watching and who are adherents to the Charter of Changes and everything else, the big news is that one of our favorite legislators, and by favorite, I mean, we'd love to take her sound bites because they're so good. In fact, you can hear them in the new theme music for the show because sometimes she says things that are just astonishing. Um, You know, things like
1: the greed.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, stuff like that. Well, she had a big announcement yesterday. And here, here it is in its entirety.
1: I'm Natasha imhoff and I'm making this video announcement to let folks know that I will not be seeking re-election. I will not be participating uh, in the 2022 campaign in any capacity. My family and I have made the tough decision that I will be serving out my term and then stepping down from politics and I'm going to focus on family for the foreseeable future. I do want to say thank you to my supporters and constituents for allowing me to serve this great state of Alaska. Thank you.
3: So, for the foreseeable future, she is out of politics. Now, I don't know why. You know, she's going to be with her family and everything else. She lost her dad this year, so maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But she is out, which means we got some potentials here, people. We got some potentials. Bert Stedman and Company just lost a big uh, ally in the battle for what's going on um in the legislature in this next coming not this session she's going to serve out this term but next session it uh it should be good i'm i'm super excited about it and really really looking forward to it
1: this is day i don't know what the heck day it is Matt. yeah
3: i don't know what the heck day it is all right we gotta go the michael duke show continues sean thorn up next libertarian candidate for u.s senate So I did some more finagling with the settings, and apparently everything is back uh, running more smoothly than it was yesterday. I, you know, I tried to turn everything down, and and anyway, it appears to be working this morning. With the exception of my whole, you know, hey, here's your, here's your, here's your theme song. Nope, here's your theme song. Nope, here's your theme song. All that stuff is there as well. Um, anyway, we're ready to uh we're ready to go this morning, and uh, we look forward to uh chit chatting with you, the listeners and everybody else uh, as we go through. Boy, it is a new level of weather suck. Um, I will tell you, um, little secret. I drove in this morning already because I had things to do this morning in the station, and um so I'm in my studio, and I will tell you right now that was brutal. That was the worst drive. I've been driving that road back and forth day and night, early morning, midday, everything else. That was the worst trip in ever. It was just nasty. Uh, I mean, woof. Definitely, definitely leave early this morning. If you're in the South Central area planning on going in, um, it was hoofa oofta. Um, like uh Normally, um, uh, normally, try driving in, get a busy tone. All right, Sean, I'm going to call you here. Just hold on a second. Normally, it takes me about an hour to come in uh, when it's early morning, and there's only six other people on the road. But this morning, it took me 90 minutes to, uh, to come in, and that is uh, not good. But we made it. But we made it. Okay, let me see. I got the dial tone. Let's try to dial it with the 907. Beep. Well, I got a busy tone again. <laughs> wow, the phones are not cooperating this morning. Uh, let's see. One, 907. We'll try that again. Nope. Now you see now, Sean's phone is busy. We'll try this again here. Sean, you may want to call into the uh, call-in line at four three three thirty one fifty. We'll try that. I don't know what's going on, if it's your phone or my phone, but we'll. For some reason, it does not like. It does not like to dial your phone number. This is a local Anchorage number. Why is it? see if that works. Yeah? No? All right, Sean. 433-3150. 433-3150. If you want to call in and get us on there, I just dropped the link. I just dropped the phone number in the chat room. I don't know what is going on here, but it does not like to dial your phone number. Let me try one more time. Nope. Your phone number is busy. I don't know. Your number's busy. My number's busy. Is it the cellular congestion? I don't know. This is entertaining radio for sure. Nope. <clears throat> Does not like it. All right. Well, Sean, give us a shout here on the uh on the uh the call in line, 433-3150. Tried your other phone, it's the same. Try the oh tried you try the other phone. Try the other number there, Sean. 433 3150. 433 3150. And see if you can get in. We're about uh, forty seconds out right now. We're gonna get started with uh we're gonna get started with this here in just a hot second. Um I'm seeing if I can call in on the hotline just to make it work, and uh, no, the hotline is busy as well. Weird. Okay, well, call us on the other uh, call me on the other line if you can four three three thirty one fifty four three 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 one five zero, and we'll see if we can get you squared away there. Eight seconds out. The Michael Duke Show. Like and share this video. Like and follow the show page. Here we go. you guys doing this morning (laughs) apparently every phone in the world is broken um the hotline's down wow the uh yeah i don't know what's going on but uh it looks like i don't know if it's the icing like the icing that's going on you know across town or what but the phones are not working including my voice over ip system that uh which is you know it's supposed to the voice over ip is supposed to forward you guys out to where it needs to be yeah phone lines are down completely right now in including um phone calls on the thing hey sean um I don't I don't know if uh, I don't know if you got Sky, Skype or not, but we could try that this morning. That's about uh, the only thing that I got right now um, because the phone lines are completely down. So that's irritating because I wanted to take some phone calls later on in the program as well and we can't even take calls uh, we can't even take calls on the uh, on the oh you know what I think we can I can do this. I can do this. I got something for you Sean. Hold the line here. Let me uh, let me take a look at this here. We'll get you, we'll get you on board the program. Sean is in the chat room right now, uh, listening as well, and so I want him to uh, I want him to be able to uh, to call in and uh, talk with us here. And I'm going to just drop Sean an email. Sean, back to your email if you're listening right now. I'm going to give you a final number that you can call in on, and we can try it that way. Sean Thorne is going to be joining us here in just a minute he is the libertarian candidate for the US Senate and Sean i just dropped that to you here in the uh, in the uh, in your email so you can uh, check that out and try it out okay well um boy it just it just doesn't rain it snows it sleets it hails it it ices over everything's going on this morning that's uh, that's the the badness the random badness that's going on uh, let's uh, let's chit chat again. Uh, we're going to dive back into this. Uh, Natasha von Imhoff uh, again. Um, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of hers. Not for the reason that you think, but usually because she always leaves some good. She always leaves some good fodder. <laughs> she always leaves some good fodder around. In fact, um, I, you know she's she's now bowed out of the race for 2022. She's not running for re-election. She's going to serve out. Her term which will end at the uh, at the end of the year and um, uh, and she's going to be leaving us and going on to put to private life and taking care of her family which great good for her I'm I'm, I'm pleased with that but let us not forget some of the greatest hits that Natasha has to offer us uh, at every turn this
1: is day I don't know what the heck day it is madam president it's day a lot and we're all tired and it is time to get a new perspective. This fishbowl and air is very stale. My clothes, I'm so sick of them. I don't want to wear them anymore.
3: <laughs> I, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. Anyway, uh, just, just another reminder. I will, I will miss her because she always comes up with something quote-worthy. Uh, meanwhile, let's go back over to the phones now and uh, get things squared away. We were able I was able to finally sneak in here through the back door. I got Sean Thorne on the program. He's going to join us this morning to talk about his candidacy for the U.S. Senate. And he joins us now. Hello, my friend. How are you?
2: Hey, doing all right, Michael. How about yourself?
3: Well, you know, it's okay, except for all this. This is really almost like it was like a government bureaucracy to get the phones through this morning. You know, it's just it's horrific but we have made it through we have persevered and uh we're we're happy to have you on the program so welcome in this morning
2: yeah i really appreciate it i really appreciate just taking the time to have me on well no problem weird morning but
3: yes yeah. now hey so. you know what it is what it is what are you going to do so sean let's talk a little bit about um you know, let's talk a little bit about you first of all i mean who are you where are you where do you come from i mean i know that you're a uh you're an army veteran you were born in anchorage you grew up all over the state um but now you've decided to throw your hat into the ring on this thing and so i guess the question is who you are where you are where you came from and when exactly did you lose your mind and decide to do this
2: yeah well uh so my name's sean Thorne and uh i was born in anchorage grew up uh, between homer and wasilla um went to college in Idaho and then, uh, joined the army and in the army, my job is basically like a city manager. Um, so I had a good time doing that, but, uh, decided it was time to come back. And, uh, basically I, I'm tired of a lot of the things that I was seeing, and I wanted to try and represent the change that I would like to see in it. You know, I'm tired of watching federal politics and seeing all the lies and the dishonesty and like the division peddling and just the games that they play with us. And, uh, you know, I'm young. I'm not optimistic for the future for my generation. Uh, (laughs) If I'm elected, I'm going to be the youngest senator, but uh, I can't keep watching them deficit spend like this. Uh, I feel like I have to do something. Um, I'm tired of, you know, the options available, and I feel like we need something different in order to fix that. And so I I will always fight for those decisions to get made at the lowest level. And I think that centralization is uh, key to the problems we face.
3: Yeah, no. I mean, look, I I agree with you. As we've watched what's happened in, um, you know, as we've watched what's happened in the in Washington D.C., I mean, it's a microcosm of what we're doing here in the state. I mean, thank God, state politicians don't have the ability to print their own money or do quantitative easing or anything, because we would see be seeing the same thing we're seeing at the national level. I mean, uh, Sean, I remember it wasn't, uh, you know, maybe ten, twelve years ago, fifteen years ago, maybe I had David Walker on the program who was the Comptroller General of the United States. Uh, under Clinton and Obama. And he came forward and said, look, you, it's not, it's, it's worse than what you say, even though it says we're whatever we were at the time, I think $15 trillion in debt or whatever. Uh, he was like, uh, that's, that's not even the half of it. I mean, the unfunded liability of those runs into the hundreds of trillions of dollars in debt. And yet they continue to just throw money on the fire. Like they're, you know, like they're, they're heating the house or whatever. Um, I mean, this has been a problem. And as you said, it doesn't matter if you wear the donkey or the elephant on your lapel. It appears that both of them are part of the problem at this point.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think it kind of comes down to the the short-sightedness of politicians, that it's really easy for them to uh, bring you that shiny new thing that they use federal money to get for you uh, just to get into that next election cycle instead of doing what's responsible uh, for the long term. And uh, like you're saying, I remember in those Yeah, like 12 years ago when we we crossed that threshold of, you know, 10 billion was such a big deal and uh, it just keeps accelerating, keeps getting worse. And uh, uh, I think the other day on your show, you were talking about, you know, Zimbabwean money and I actually have a uh, display of Zimbabwean money in my house just to remind myself that that happens. Yeah. I don't, I don't want it to happen here. Yeah. The Uh, million dollars
3: Zimbabwe note that you can frame on your wall. That's not even worth, it's worth less than the frame that you put it in, you know?
2: they uh, they keep trying to say, "You know, oh, we passed this next spending bill. This is the one that's going to fix it." And it it hasn't worked so far. So why should it work now? Got to do something different?
3: Well, we have become, you know, we've reached that point, it seems like, and I can't remember um if it was uh, Destardes or Bastiat or whoever it was, but it was basically woe beyond, you know, woe beyond uh, the Republic when they figure out that they can vote themselves largess out of the treasury. Yep. That's kind of where we're at today. It's like everybody's got a everybody's got an axe to grind or a, or a dog in the fight, and they've all discovered that their ox is in there being gored, and they they want to they want us to be fiscally constrained and conservative, unless of course it's their um, unless of course it's their uh, 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 ox that's being gored, and then they're not interested in it, and that seems to be the kind of the common refrain. Both at the national and the various state levels as well—is that they have no problem spending more than they take in? Because, well, we just can't run a budget like you run a budget in a business or in a household.
2: Yep, definitely. Um, yeah, I think uh, pretty much everyone that's in there now has shown themselves to be complicit in that system. Um, even when you know Trump had uh, a full Republican House and Senate, uh, the budget's still still going up. Yep. Um, so absolutely please, I'm, I'm willing to dig my heels in on that i will never you know if i get elected i'll never vote to increase the debt limit uh omnibus bills uh just can't do it anymore so.
3: continuing resolutions right i mean the whole thing mm-hmm. you know we we should have a budget and we should stick with it instead of just having this continuing thing i don't think we've had a serious budget in 15 years now it's been an ongoing continuing resolution um but let's drill let's drill down into some specifics sean um, I mean if you got a hit list, if right. you got if you got things that you want to focus on, uh, I wave my magic wand, Sean Thorne is a brand new senator from Alaska. What are the things that you're gonna focus on, um, you know, in your in your first uh, you know, hundred days or whatever? What what is gonna be your focus as you go to to uh, the Senate?
2: So if if I had said same magic wand and I could wave it and end all federal land and water control in Alaska, I would do that. Um, And I'm sure much like you, I'm tired of uh, not even by voting, but by uh, the bureaucratic process, them radically changing the way we do development here. And I consider myself uh, quite the environmentalist, you know, I've traveled a lot of the world. I've seen how bad it is in a lot of places. And I believe that if you care about the planet and you care about sustainability, then we need to do that development here um, instead of just shutting it down and sending it overseas where it's out of sight and out of mind. So. I would love to do anything in my power to give us back control of our resources because we live here and we know how to manage it and we actually care if something goes wrong uh, and that's not the case in most of the world. So getting us back control over our own destiny, that's a big thing. Um, I think one low-hanging fruit would be education reform. Um, I don't know much you know about FAFSA and how easy it is to take on uh, several hundred thousand dollars in debt to go get a degree that's worthless, but I firmly believe that if you look at the, the cultural rot across America, I believe it comes from overeducation. education I've, uh, I've taken one for the team, I've read a bunch of these woke books you always hear referenced, and the way I see it, it's a bunch of incredibly educated people, right? and they got told, you know, you have to get a degree, you have to get a degree, and the federal government made it so easy for an 18-year-old to start taking on all his debt. All right, now you're 22, you're $200,000 in debt, and you have a basket weaving degree, and there's my, maybe two people out there that can, uh, they're the best basket weavers in the world, and they can have a career in that, right? Right, but right. the rest of them are work, working at Starbucks, trying to pay their debt, and they see someone that's an 18-year-old apprentice welder making more money than they're ever going to make, and that makes them bitter, and that makes them want to completely slip our system and become a, you know, whatever, uh, democratic socialist of America, um, you know, go down that path, basically, the extreme progressive path, and uh instead if we focused on the trades and we actually taught people useful skills um, taught them how you form a career uh i think that would be a much better outcome but it's a hard thing to fight the uh, education system certainly would fight back on that because that's a huge that that is their revenue source well it's the education
3: Um, industrial complex right i mean we've been we've been fed a bill of goods for the last 60 years in this country that if you only got out and went out and got a good education and got all the education you can and got a good job, you'd be successful. And what we're finding is that, you know, w- well, even those numbers are 20 years old, but even 20 years ago, something like 70-plus percent of the people who graduated from college never got a job in their field of study because they went out and found something else, and yet they were all saddled with that, like you said, that enormous amount of debt that, uh, that I mean, really just, just drug them down. And we've and we've and we've looked down with disdain on the trades and some of the blue collar jobs, but they are some of the best paying, um, high productivity, uh, lowest debt ratio jobs out there that you could find. Even if you went to a school to become a truck driver or a welder or whatever, you're still going to have a fraction of the debt that you would if you went to a, a junior college, let alone a a grade A. Ivy league college. I mean, that's, it's, it's crazy what's going on. And you're right. They would fight back against it because they're making money. Although if you compared their work product and their final end product to what you would ask for a refund, right? Because this is just not working.
2: Definitely. So my fix on that. And I think, uh, I think this would be, you know, you could get some traction with a bill like this would be reform FAFSA so that a school has a burden of proof that they have to show that this program you know, this amount of people graduate, they make this much, and they're able to pay it off in this amount of years. So right. uh, I don't like FAFSA in general. I think that's a, a fair stepping stone to get in the right direction, though, because right now it uh, it ain't working the way it is. So. Right.
3: Um, we're going to continue talking here with Sean Thorne in just a minute. He is a candidate for U.S. Senate. You can find him on the web at com. That's S-E-A-N, com. He's also got a Facebook page at Facebook.com slash PickSean. You can go take a look at that there and get some more information on where he stands on a variety of things. Meanwhile, we're going to uh, take a quick break. And when we come back, we will continue with Sean Thorne. We're going to talk about the Second Amendment. We're going to talk about the uh, government mandates on uh, the COVID response and his thoughts on that. And where we go from here. That's all directly ahead with Sean Thorne. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. We'll return with more right after this.
0: Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend.
3: Okay, uh, we are in the break right now. Sean Thorne continues with us as our guest and uh, we'll kind of let our hair down here in the commercial break. Um, and we won't repeat ourselves. We won't get into some of those other things. So we'll jump into that. But Sean, I mean, you know, again, what was the aha moment for you? I mean, what, what moment did you look at your 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 spouse and say, you know what? Um, I think I'm gonna do this. What was the was there like a final straw on the camel's back?
2: Yeah, I would. Uh, people don't like talking about the subject. I would say, you know, from that period of time from January 6th, to the inauguration, I felt so strongly that I don't belong to either of the hot take camps that were out there. Right. That, uh, that we need an alternative choice. Like, I don't agree with either of their narratives of how that happened. Um, and we need uh, some calm, cool, collective adults in the conversation instead of these people that are in, in both ways trying to exploit. Uh, bad situation, you know? Right. Um, so that was probably my major thing. Uh, additionally, when I was in the army, uh, I'm sure any veteran you talk to, they, they can tell you the same story, but it's a, it's a crash course in bureaucratic waste. Uh, you know, we'd be, (laughs) um, we'd be using radios that were quite literally from Vietnam. And that's one of the main things that we need and we use and they suck and we had to repair them all the time. And we they would send like we couldn't get new radios, but they would send us a brand new up armored vehicle uh, that we have absolutely no use for, and all it is is another thing to do maintenance on. Um, right, just the way it works, and I'm sure that comes down to whose district that was built in. Right, um, uh, all of the you know, there's so many military civilians. I know some great ones. I'm very good friends with a couple of great ones. There's other ones, and this is all across the bureaucracy that their entire existence. Is to just do things to justify their own existence. Like they just make decisions and they make, you know, memorandums that explain why they're so important. And in reality, they don't do anything. <laughs> There's so much fat that we can cut from those systems. Um, it, it's just bizarre to me that, uh, I don't know, probably 50% of, I feel like the bureaucracy uh, is unnecessary. And he's uh, got to delve in there and find out those ones that, Are doing that. But like uh, you said,
3: it's self justifying. I mean, that seems to be the whole point of the bureaucracy, right? Is to justify what they're doing um, by adding more layers and more rules and more everything else. And now they can justify being where they're at and taking the money that they are. And it it just, again, it just, it's a self licking ice cream cone. It keeps building up uh, over and over and over.
2: Turn yourself into the keeper of sacred wisdom and everyone has to come grovel before you because you're the only one that understands all these codes and. Right. You know, CFRs and stuff. Yeah.
3: yeah no, it's it's pretty crazy stuff. Um, we're going to talk a little bit when we get back to again about the Second Amendment and the covid response. Um, <clears throat> we're also going to talk about your position as a libertarian on some of the bigger national issues, uh, including um, um, uh, open borders and some other things, because that, that that's one thing that I have fought with my um, I have fought with my fellow libertarians on. Uh, a few times is the idea of a of an open border and uh the question of the question of uh, national ser- security or sovereignty versus having an open border uh, and also I know that the that the, the the both the Republicans and the Democrats were against ballot prop 2 which is the ranked choice voting but there were a lot of libertarians who were outspoken about it um did you take a position on that had you were you following that at the time I know you said you didn't make your decision until January 6th but were you following that at the time, the uh, the rank choice voting and all those discussions?
2: Yeah, I don't even. I don't think I was even considering running at the time when that went through. But I'm a big fan of it. I uh, I I like rank choice. I have uh, I have one of those useless degrees that I was talking smack about, and in that course of the useless degree, I learned a lot about rank choice voting. And so before that was even a conversation here, I was already a fan of it. And I know you have your concerns, and a lot of your listeners have concerns, and. Um, I really think it might surprise you. I I don't think it's perfect, but I think it addresses a lot of problems that we had in uh, our election system. So at least give it a shot. You know, give it a shot.
3: What about the uh, like you've it. seen? Have you seen some of the reporting on the disenfranchisement? I mean, they were talking about uh, the the uh, a couple of the experts on it. We had one here on the program, and then a couple other ones that talked about where it was something like 11% of the voter base could be disenfranchised because of the way it, it is put forward, both in the confusion, the complexity, and just basically not understanding it. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that?
2: I think it's overblown. Um, you know, I have faith in people. Uh, the way I always explain it is like, all right, here's four flavors of ice creams. Uh, put number one as your favorite, number four is your least favorite, and uh, put them all in order. All right, now like do the same with these uh, – these four sociopaths that are running for political office. And uh, I think it's that simple. You know, I know a lot of people are low information voters and they tend not to do a lot of research on uh, the actual candidate positions beforehand. But um, I think especially with the flyers that they hand out, people, people will be able to make a decision. Yeah, At very least, you'll be able to find a number two um, that you're okay with.
3: All right, Sean Thorne, <clears throat> hold the line here. Sean Thorne is our guest candidate for U.S. Senate on the Libertarian ticket. We're going to be back with him here in just a moment. Please like and share this video, like and follow the show page, hit subscribe, and ring the bell on YouTube. Let's get back to it. Here we go, The Michael Duke Show. All right, we're continuing now with uh, Sean Thorne, who is a Libertarian candidate for U.S. Senate. You can find him at uh, picksean.com. And we were just talking uh, about uh, some of the different positions that the Libertarian Party has as a whole and some of the individual Libertarians have. Um, Sean was just talking about how he is a... uh, Fan and supporter of ranked choice voting, one of the other big things that uh, the Libertarians seem to, uh, that well, some of them are at odds about, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a huge fan of open borders. Uh, I believe that a nation has to have control of its borders to protect it for security and sovereignty. Um, I agree with free movement anywhere inside the nation, but I believe that, you know, we should at least be paying attention to the people who are coming in if we want to protect our way of life. Um, I, I think that that's important. But the uh, libertarians as a whole support that ideal now. Border control is obviously a big issue uh, with the illegal immigration and everything that's going on across the country and has been a big hot button issue for many years. Sean, where do you stand on that?
2: So I uh, I very much respect people's desire to come here and seek a better life, and there is immigration reforms I support. Um, the part where I'm definitely lost on the open borders, though, is just the fact that we are a uh, a social welfare state in a lot of ways right now and the amount of money that it costs the taxpayer uh, for it to happen the way it happens right now so um, at this point i would definitely say i'm not open border um, i like the idea of it i like the free flow of people um, but i think you got to come here the right way because um, we we can't take everyone we can't take everyone's problems
3: right Well, and I think the big thing is, is that even somebody like me, who's not for open borders, I'm all for immigration. I'm all for having new blood come in, but I'm also for not having it be a free for all, because there are bad actors out there who would like to see our way of life uh, harmed, either in the long term or the short term through direct action or through, you know, influence and manipulation and I think we need, as a nation, we need to be paying attention to that. We can't just let anybody willy-nilly cross our border if we want to protect our, our freedom, our liberty, and our way of life.
2: Now, I do think, uh, I do have, you know, several friends that have uh, gone through the immigration process. And uh, I think there's definitely some changes we could make, too, sure. for the, the people we want to take. Um, make it significantly easier on them, because right now, man, is it a pain, but...
3: Sure, I mean, making it easier, making it more streamlined. I'm all for that. But again, this idea of just throwing the borders open and letting anybody come in, which some of the libertarians have espoused, I think is uh, problematic. I don't think that they've thought that one through to its conclusion. Um, but let's talk a little bit about our one of our favorite topics on the program, and that is the Second Amendment. Um, you know, we've been tussling with this for decades uh, here in the United States. We are the freest nation in the face of the earth. We're the only one where the right to keep and bear arms is enshrined in our foundational documents where we have a right. And yet we've seen politicians over the years again and again and again overstep themselves and try and place strictures on the citizenry. Um, And I think in a lot of ways, because they seem to have some kind of uh, ideal that somehow they, they know better than us how our lives should be. And um, I'm just, I'm not a huge fan. Where do you stand on the second amendment? And have you considered any changes or suggestions that you would have as a senator to address some of those
2: issues? Which one's the second one again? I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I'm a huge gun guy. uh, I've been shooting and hunting my whole life. Um, I can guarantee you that I'm the most pro second amendment person that's running. That's for sure. Um, I think oftentimes this is uh, one of those positions where uh, I think I've teased you before in chat about Republicans being the bolder Democrats being Sisyphus where there's never any pushback on it. And right. especially we've seen now that the ATF will just write a memorandum and all of a sudden something's illegal and there's no legislative process going on to affirm that. But, uh, yeah, I'd be willing to push back the other way. I, I don't agree with, uh, barrel limits, uh, function limits in a lot of cases. Um, I think the second amendment covers those things. I'd be willing to fight for that. Um, it's scary. I mean, they, they know what they're doing. Um, they know how to boil the frog slowly over time. Uh, I firmly believe that was, that was the intent behind the Russian AMO ban was just to make it that much harder to go plinking at the range. Right. Um, but it's not just the second amendment though. It's, it's all in the, the first amendment is certainly under threat right now. And, uh, you know, my two, my favorite pairs, the ninth and 10th amendment, which legally are basically jokes. So much of the constitution, it's treated like, oh, how do we get around this? Even by, you know, the, the higher courts, right. they, uh, they treat it like something, ah, oh, well, how do we find an excuse for a loophole for this? Um, when if you go back and you read, uh, what was written by the very smart people that wrote those documents? They are pretty clear on what each of those meant. So,
3: yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I think that uh, anybody that does any reading of the founders, there's really no no room for misinterpreting it, unless you're intentionally doing so, which I think a lot of uh, a lot of the folks have done over the course of the years. Um, I want to talk about COVID. We got about six minutes here. So before we get into that, though, one final question, because this is going to be a hot button issue for many of my listeners and for me as well. The Libertarian Party, at, at, well, not the party, but Libertarians in general, uh, have been split among several things. I mentioned borders. That was one of them. The other one is abortion. And I personally uh, am, am against abortion because I believe that it aggresses against the unborn. Um, and if the idea of, of, of the non-aggression principle can not apply to that, then we've got some issues. Where do you stand on the abortion issue?
2: Uh, like a lot of things, I think it needs to be one of those things that, uh, states need to decide what their policy is and, uh, the courts can challenge that, but I don't believe in making federal one-size-fits-all policy for it, um. You know, I, I certainly have my personal feelings, and on a lot of things, I, I try and separate my personal feeling from what my legislative opinion would be. Um, I—it's just one of those things. In my opinion, we need to get more Ninth and Tenth Amendment. We need to accept other people might do it different. So I think it's one of those decisions that uh, the Alaska state legislators, state senate, would be able to make, uh, and within the limits of the Supreme Court.
3: Well, I mean, I, but I guess I, it's something where you should at least, I mean, uh, I know you want to separate your personal and and what you believe that the federal government should be handling. But regardless of that, if you were a state senator, I'd still ask you to be on the record for, you know, are mm-hmm. you for it or against it in general, simply because, again, I believe that it violates the non-aggression principle. Um, uh, and, and I think that that's problematic itself. So I'd kind of like to get, uh, you know, even if it's just your personal feeling on it versus what you would yeah, advocate
2: for yeah I mean my my personal feeling, uh, I certainly uh, don't like it personally on an emotional level. you know, I have a little baby. Uh, I just can't imagine. Um, on a legislative level i I tend to lean into this uh, this most recent Supreme Court case. I thought they made a really compelling argument there for the uh, the autonomy uh, argument and saying that they need to figure out at which point it would be autonomous. Um, And I think that maybe that's a standard that people can make their regulations within.
3: All right. Final question here before we run out of daylight. Um, The COVID response across the nation, across the state, where do you stand on uh, the current situation? And where would you be advocating for as a senator uh, as far as ongoing COVID response, lockdown, mask mandates, vaccine mandates, et cetera?
2: Yeah, I'm not in favor of any of it. I mean, I believe in your personal choice. Uh, I'll respect a business's ability to have a business mask mandate. Um, no, I'd never support uh, any sort of medical mandate, uh, any sort of lockdown, especially the lockdowns. I think it was entirely political theater, smoke and mirrors. Right. Um, that simple. It was, it was a power grab. They saw a situation where they could try and consolidate power. Um,
3: yeah. they and they're keeping yeah. and they're keeping up on it now. I mean they're still trying to fight it even though it's gone from pandemic to endemic now they're still continuing to push on it uh, that needs to end but I'm down to the last 90 seconds here so I want to give you the floor Sean uh, Sean Thorne, our guest libertarian candidate for Senate. Uh, what is your uh, final elevator pitch to the people out there?
2: Yeah um, so basically you know I'd like to talk about what makes me different and uh, that comes down to I'm never going to be summoned to tell anyone blind whether that's a billionaire or a party or a lobby. uh, I'm only interested in what's good for regular Alaskans and for us to have that ability to make that decision here for ourselves. Uh, I'm a huge believer in the ninth and 10th amendments. I believe that's your rights as long as you're not hurting anyone, I support your right to do it. And uh, I think decisions need to be made by states, um, especially the big ones. And we just have to accept that sometimes other people are gonna do things that we don't like. And I think the good ideas will win out in the long run and uh, unlike a lot of candidates, I, I actually have military service, and uh, I'm extremely anti-war. And I think there's a lot of things I have an inside uh, view on right. where we can cut the budget with the military because it certainly can be cut. Uh, I really do. I consider myself an environmentalist. That means I'm pro-development. Right. Um, we I think we need to do that development here. All uh, right, so Sean. <clears> there <throat> how we do it.
3: But. Sean, thank you so much. We're up against the break. Sean Thorne, pickSean.com. If you want to get more folks, we're out of time. Hour two dead ahead. All right, Sean, I'm sorry. I had a hard break there. So uh, I'll let you I'll let you finish up. I mean, the pro military, uh, the pro uh, the the, uh, you know, kind of somebody with the military experience who comes out as basically saying being anti-war, I think, is uh, is refreshing. Uh, Because while I think we need to be strong, we definitely don't need to be fighting wars on every continent in the world right now, which seems to be the modus operandi for the United States for the last hundred years or so. Um, But you say you see many ways uh, that that can be cut. Can you give us a couple examples of what you're talking about?
2: Um, Man, so many. There's so many programs that the military invests in uh, that we don't need. Um, I don't know how much you've looked into some of the vehicles that we maintain, but like uh, the M1 Abrams for the Army. The Army does not want that many M1 Abrams. It's kind of Congress that forces them into that, and so being able to shine a spotlight on that. I certainly believe that we should not be giving money to half the world's countries to support their uh, their militaries, which uh, a lot of those militaries are rather unscrupulous themselves. Um, there's a lot of changes I'd like to see with the VA. Uh, I I have so many friends. Emotional topic for me. I have so many friends that I've seen that have chronic problems, and the VA uh, is willing to load them up with all sorts of painkillers, opiates, things that are not good for them. And yet, uh, you know, they've done research on some of the things that, uh, you know, like a marijuana product, or uh, in particular with traumatic brain injury, you know, like the mushroom studies that they did. I don't know if you read into that. Right. So uh, the cy- cyclobin and, results.
3: Yeah. The microdosing yep. and the cyclobin and some of the other things that they're finding now today is that can yep. help with trauma and depression and things like that. No, I mean, we, th- this and is
2: part, part of there, we'll, I'm sorry. I was going to say they turn people into zombies on opiates and stuff to try and cope with these problems. And I, I can only hazard that it comes down to money or the view that, oh, we can't have people on drugs. Right. Um, I hate to see it.
3: Well, unfortunately, we have people on drugs anyway because they're prescribing all that stuff and everything else and they refuse to look at the alternatives and other things that are available. so it's uh, it's crazy and yeah, you're right, giving money to all these regimes uh, in an attempt to try and spread democracy that has never bitten us on the ass before, right I mean that's never happened where we've given them a bunch of money and material and everything else and then had them turn on us uh, you know on a dime <clears throat> Iraq. Um, so they're
2: I mean still supporting al Qaeda. Yeah, we still support Al Qaeda. Right now, today, we are giving money and military aid to Al Qaeda. Yeah, what is going on? Yeah, how are people okay with this? Why isn't the media reporting on it? Oh. Yeah,
3: well, it's uh, it's a pretty crazy time, my friend, and I applaud your uh, I applaud your uh, uh, your attempt here to try and make a difference. And uh, I appreciate uh, I appreciate you coming on board and sharing with us. And we look forward to uh, seeing uh, how things turn out in the coming uh, in the coming days when we get closer to the election. We'll have you back on and uh, we'll get uh, we'll get more info and we'll see uh, if you've got things, you know, more fleshed out or <clears throat> kind of a deeper uh, a, a deeper platform as we go forward. We'll have you back on again. OK.
2: Sounds good. I really appreciate you having me on, Michael. I know. Uh stereotype of the kooky libertarians running but I just firmly believe that we we have to do something different.
3: Hey, at least so. you're not wearing a boot on your head. That's all I could say right now, right? That's true. You, it's That's right. True. You are not the vermin supreme. So, all right, well, I appreciate you uh, coming on board. Thanks uh, for being part of it today. Sean, uh thank you for uh, coming on the show and joining us. All right, we're in the break right now and we are um coming through. I'm just going to see if I can uh I don't know if the phone situation is squared away yet or not, but we're trying to um, uh, uh, trying to see if I can get the phones to work for call-ins. Nope, phones are still phones are still down. You know what? I uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna reboot the phones. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go reboot the phone system. Let me do that. And I'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Give me a minute and a half here. I got to go reboot this. And then we'll be back and jumping in uh, on uh, hour two. We'll give that a minute to percolate and see if that fixed the problem. If not, we'll we'll um, well, we'll do something else this morning. I'll throw out another number if we need to, just to make it work. All right. Um, coming up on the second half of the hour today, uh, no guests. It's going to be, well, hopefully phone calls and conversations. Tomorrow on the program, we'll be talking with uh, Mike Shower in hour two. Uh, We moved his show from today until tomorrow, and uh, that's uh, what we're going to do. Who else is in the chat room? Do I got anybody else in the chat room that wants to share with us this morning? Uh, Any legislators that want to come on and give us an update? I don't see any. I don't see any legislators that have uh, commented this morning. If anybody's on that wants to come on and talk with us, let me know. Send me a message, and we'll we'll get you squared away with a secret phone number if we need to. Uh, other than that, we're going to take off and come back into it. Hour two, The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio.
0: Whoa, buddy. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the themichaeldukeshow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world.
3: Yeah, baby, streaming live across the whole Internet. It is The Michael Dukes Show, uh, broadcasting live at michaeldukeshow.com every morning in case you can't reach your radio. But if you can reach your radio, we're broadcasting across the state on a variety of radio stations and or translators. And uh, make sure you share us and tell all your friends about this crazy show that get your blood pumping in the morning and get things going on. That's what we that's what we've that's what we want to see each and every day right here the Michael Duke show uh across across the world. Um all right, so hour 2 of the big radio program and we're going to uh well we're going to be taking some phone calls. I tried to reset the phone system during the uh, top of the hour break. That didn't seem to have worked. So I'm going to be passing out a phone number here in a minute. And this is the direct line to the call-in number. Um, I have a, because a lot of people complain when you're like, you've got a number that's outside of Alaska. Yes, yes, I do have a number that's outside of Alaska that actually, the phone lines actually connect to. So I've got an interior Alaska number that dials out to that. Well, that's broken this morning, along with half the phones in Anchorage, apparently. And so I'm going to give out a phone number uh, for those of you who may want to call into the show today. So if you've got a pen and paper, now's the time to pull it out. Uh, I'm going to give you this phone number, and you could call in, and it's just like the regular call-in lines. Here is the backup number. Are you ready? 319-527-3864. 319-527-3864. If you'd like to call in, I've dropped the number in the chat rooms. So people there, if they want to call in, they can take a look at it and call in. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say this morning an hour or two. And we could talk about anything. So let's do a little postmortem here on the, uh, let's do a little bit of a postmortem on Sean Thorne's interview. Uh, now, I like Sean. I like, uh, I like a lot of what he had to say. Um, I definitely think, this is just my opinion, that he should be taking a str- much stronger stance on the abortion issue if he is personally opposed to it. Uh, which he said he was, but, you know, on the legislative level, he thinks states should be able to decide. Um, here's how I liken that. And if Sean's listening, I'm sure he'll he'll hear this and that'll be fine. But um, here's how I liken that. That's like saying I am personally against murder, but I will allow the states to sanction that if they so decided. And to me, the answer to that is not only no, but hell no. If it's murder, it's murder. And uh, as much heat as I've taken over the years as being a libertarian that is anti-abortion, I will tell you right now that I am not going to I'm not going to slip that an inch. That is a direct <clears throat> that is a direct violation the 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 one thing that libertarians stand for, and we've never we haven't really dissected this on the show in a long, long time. But you know, if you could say what are libertarians about? What are they really about? I think you could boil it down to what a lot of them call the NAP, the NAP, the non-aggression principle, which basically means do anything you want as long as you don't violate the rights or hurt anybody else. Right. As Matt Kibbe famously said, don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. That is the basis of libertarianism, the non-aggression principle. Meaning if you you can do anything you want, you want to marry your toaster, marry your toaster. It doesn't hurt me at all. If you want to go out and put things in your body that, you know, that other people think are harmful or bad or wrong. As long as you're not hurting anybody else, do what you want. You know, you want to turn your property into a hoarder's paradise. So be it. As long as you don't have toxic waste leaking into your your neighbor's groundwater or you're not, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm all okay with that. That is the most libertarian of principles. But for me, the NAP is, uh, is completely and totally violated when you say it's okay for one person to kill another person, even though I understand the argument from libertarians is, well, it's their body and they should decide. Well, you decided to do the thing that caused the fetus, right, the baby, to be there. You did that. Um, And I know immediately somebody's going to scream about the rape incident. And I'm not talking about that. I understand what you're saying. I understand that sometimes it's not their choice. But the vast, vast, vast majority of time, it is their choice. And the argument now is because it's inconvenient, we can now condone the violation of the NAP. That, uh, to me, that is seriously weak sauce. Okay? The seriously weak sauce. To say, we we believe in the non-aggression principle, except for this one instance where somebody couldn't keep it in their pants, and so now they're, or couldn't keep their pants zipped, or however you want to say it. And now we can ignore it because it's inconvenient. That, to me, is a problem um and yeah i mean again cuz yeah probably not keep it in his pants cuz the men usually have no choice afterwards anyway but the the bottom line is this it is weak sauce to claim on the one hand you support that non-aggression principle and on the other hand are totally okay with violating it against somebody who has absolutely no defense against it that's just me personally we've i mean i haven't talked about this a lot on the show other than saying that i'm anti-abortion but I believe totally that that is the wrong instance because, <clears throat> well, part of it's my faith, right? Part of it is my faith. I believe that every instance of, uh, of creation is a, is a gift from God, even in the most heinous circumstances. Uh, there have been plenty of stories and reports and, and things written about people who uh, were born out of less than stellar circumstances who went on to lead great lives um, and and make a real difference in society uh, based on that. So I think every life is precious, and every life has the opportunity to do more and to have an impact uh, on this world. And they should all get that opportunity. And that shortening that and taking those you know taking those lives because again of the inconvenience of it is disheartening. Um, somebody in the chat room just asked, "How do I feel about suicide?" Well, I mean, suicide, I, I believe people should have the right to do whatever they want as long as they're not hurting anybody else. I mean, I guess physically. Suicide emotionally obviously devastates those around them. And while I don't agree personally with the idea of suicide, because I believe in fighting for everything until my very last breath, if somebody decides that that's what they want, then I mean, I, that should be their choice. But it also is on me to remind them of all the things that they leave behind and that the pain and suffering, you know, the problem is, is that suicide ends the pain and suffering for those that commit it, but it intensifies the suffering for all those around it. And, uh, you know, I find for the most part, unless you're talking about end of life hospice, you know, Cavorkian type suicide, um, unless you're talking about something like that, that I find suicide to be one of the most selfish acts. That can happen. Not condemning the people. I'm just saying in abstract, it is one because, you know, some of these people are in tremendous pain, emotional, mental pain. And I can identify with that. I can understand that if, you know, intellectually, but that the act itself is one of the most selfish things that you can do. Um, And um, so while I support people's rights to be able to do that, if that's what they want to do, it's also my right if I get the chance to remind them that there are many things that are. Still good, and that the pain that they leave behind is going to be a real problem, so that's you know it's 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 an issue, so anyway, I think that was the biggest problem uh with some of the answers that um that 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 I heard yesterday um somebody's asking about the morning after pill. I don't support the morning after pill because it effectively, effectively does the same thing um but you know i Again, if it's create if creation has occurred, creation has occurred. That's kind of how I feel. Uh, do you feel there should be an anti-abortion law for men who have recreational sex? I mean, I don't even know what that law would look like. I'll be honest with you, I, I don't even know what that law would look like. So I'm going to say no. Um, but I again, I don't even know what it would look like, uh, Carolyn. Again, I'm a I'm a big fan of <laughs> big. Big fan of no, no laws that less laws are better laws. Um, uh, Devil's advocate here. No, no abortion. But what about women that pump out checks? I mean, babies to collect a check from the state. Don't tell me it doesn't happen because I've seen it many times. Well, I mean, look, I'm not saying that there would not be a cost associated with not murdering somebody. But at the same time, that's. That's like saying, well, I know somebody's going to collect Social Security, so if we murder them, we won't have to pay that out. It will be better. That's kind of how I liken that to, Bill, although I know what you're talking about. There are people out there who have done that. You know, this is part of the whole welfare state issue that we've created as well, this dependency. We shouldn't be doing that. We are encouraging that kind of behavior with some of the things that we've done. Um, That's, you know, that's just the bottom line that that to me is the is is the biggest part of it if you didn't have the welfare state that we have today if we weren't creating the dependency state that we have today this wouldn't be an issue or as much of an issue and maybe people would be a little more careful right i mean a little more careful um all right. Uh phone line to call today if you want to sound off is again because we the phone the phone lines are broken the regular phone lines are broken 319-527-3864. 319-527-3864. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say on this and uh and and everything else. Um how about liability starts a conception for both people says Jim Well, that would be great, except for the men are basically relegated to nothing more than piggy banks at the uh, at the beginning of this. Right. They have no right. They have no say in this. If a woman decides to go forward, um, you know, with the abortion uh, at this point, the men have absolutely no say in it. Although if the baby is born, they are financially responsible for it, which I find ironic um, to say the least. Uh, If they are going to be financially responsible for it in the long run, they should have their input. Not again, not to say that I'm in favor of it, but you know what I mean. Um, All right, let's. uh, Oops, they didn't uh, didn't hold on. All right, we're going to be back uh, here in just a moment. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're we're going to be uh, continuing and uh, we'll uh, see what you guys have to say on this. The phone lines are open again. And the phone number again, 319-527-3864. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio.
0: We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the, the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
3: Okay, we're in the break right now. Um... Many argue that afterwards, the child is raised badly, treated badly. Don't support it. Just curious, how do you fight these questions? Well, there's already laws on the books for that. If somebody is raising a child poorly, if they're doing bad, if they're abusing the child, if they're not, there's already laws in place for that. Right? Um, Because, and, and then again, show me every, for every child that was raised badly, I'll show you one that was raised well. Right? So do we, again, throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, in doing those things? It makes no sense. Carolyn says uh, men should have a say. There's the mandate we need. I I don't think we need a mandate. I think we just need to stop killing children. That's my take on it. I just think we need to stop killing children. And if people are going to be laissez-faire with their sexual health, and they're not going to uh, you know, be proactive, they're not going to take care, they're not going to be careful, and realize that even when they are the most careful, there's still a risk of it, then you pays your money, you take your chances. That's, I mean, again, I just can't wrap my brain around the idea that somehow we're okay with murder under certain circumstances. We're against it for all others and all these other, but under these certain circumstances, we're okay with it. That we would kill a totally innocent person. I mean, I just can't see how people can justify it personally, look themselves in the mirror. I, I really, really have a hard time with that. It's one of the reasons why I don't talk about this issue very much because I get a little emotional. I get a little agitated that we can make the argument that the government should be out of all these things and out of our lives and we shouldn't and we shouldn't hurt and we shouldn't murder people and we shouldn't hurt people and take their stuff but it's okay because it's inconvenient for me to have a baby even if I'm just going to give it up so that is okay I can murder that I can murder I can murder it then because that's exactly what it is it's 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 inhumane inhumane all right um i got a i got one call on hold looks like ken is on the line good morning ken how are you
4: not too bad how are you
3: good good you want to hold on a second we'll be right back to the radio we'll be first up we're about a minute and a half two minutes out okay
4: okay sounds great
3: all right thanks uh for calling in i appreciate that um So, where are we going to say? So, mandatory sterilization for welfare recipients after, say, two kids is the question mark? Well, I mean, either, well, I mean, first of all, I don't want to, I would not say mandatory sterilization for anybody because that, I'm just, I'm not about that life. But how about just no more money for you after that? And they know it. And it's very clear. And why? And again, you're you're assuming that the welfare recipient the welfare state is going to continue. Why can't we just fight against the welfare state? That's the question. If there's no obligation for men to raise their own babies, there should be a child there should not should be a childbirth mandate for women. Okay, so that's okay for you to kill them then, right? Because a dad or a mom made a bad choice in raising a child, then it's okay to murder them. Yeah. I see where you're at now. I see where you're at. It's okay to kill them as long as they're, you know, you can't tell me what to do. I'm going to kill this child. That's okay. That's bullshit. Sorry to say it. That is the biggest load of BS ever. Just because men or women fail to fulfill their obligation does not justify the murder of an innocent child who had nothing to do with it. Should not be a child mandate for women. Well, did somebody mandate that they spread their legs? Did somebody mandate that they go ahead and roll in the hay? No? Well, then maybe we should talk about that as well. Taking some responsibility. Yeah, granted, the responsibility for the women is much greater than it is for the men. Because the men can just walk away from it. But that does not abrogate their responsibility and justify murder. Sorry, that's not how it works. Okay. I got a little upset there. (laughs) All right, we're going to continue now. We're going to take some phone calls and uh, see what you guys have to say. Again, a new number this morning, only because our regular phone lines are broken. So here's the back number. This is the number that everything plugs into anyway. You can write it down and put it in your phone later on. 319-527-3864. 319-527-3864. I know it's not an Alaska number. For some reason, half the lines in the area are broken and my redialer is not working. Sorry. 319 327 3864. Ken is on the line. We're going to see what he has to say. Good morning, Ken. What's on your mind?
4: Well, I was just going to say that it's uh, an extension of the example of our society. They want to be able to do whatever they want and not have to face the consequences for their actions.
3: Well, uh, I mean, I would agree that that is in part what's going on. They made poor choices um, and those choices do potentially have consequences. No matter how safe you are, no matter how careful you are, even something with a 99% success rate still has that potential for 1% of failure, so to speak, as far as birth control or whatever. So yeah, you, you pays your money, you takes your chances. just because it's inconvenient for you because you lucked out and drew the the, the you know snake eyes on the deal, doesn't mean that now it should justify the idea that you can take an innocent life
4: oh absolutely my oldest daughter was born uh was conceived while we were on birth control and you know what you have to be prepared if you're going to be doing stuff like that you have to be prepared to raise the child that will come from that no matter whether you're married to the person or dating the person, no matter what happens
3: yeah well and again um i, I gotta be honest with you this is, the, this is the problem with it is that then they start picking apart, well, the men don't stand up and they don't support the children or they don't do this or they don't raise them. And so the woman should still have the ability to, no, wait a minute. You, yes, you both were part of it, but just because one side or the other decides to be a total scumbag or flakes out or totally abrogates their responsibility, again, that does not justify the murder of an innocent child that had nothing to do with anything.
4: Oh, you're absolutely right. You know, I I don't think that there is a single argument out there that you can argue because so-and-so left or because, you know, financially I'm not ready or anything else that it's okay to kill someone. Right. In no other part of our society is that an okay thing.
3: Right. No, I mean, I guess it's one of the reasons, and I think it's probably one of the reasons why more— Atheists can get behind it as well because then they want to split hairs on when does the life actually begin and when is the they don't believe in a soul or a spirit so it doesn't matter to them at all it's just biology and yada 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 that makes it easier doesn't change the fact that it's still you still kill the person whether they've got a soul or not we've all decided that that's wrong in society except for these these exact circumstances where it becomes inconvenient in which case then it's okay. And I just, I, I, again, I don't talk about this much because I get a little worked up about it uh, because I, I, children to me are some of the most precious things in the world. And that to me has always been a problem. I would, you know what, have your kid give it to me. I'll take care of it. I don't care how old I am. I mean, I could be 80. And if you decide that if that's the decision factor, I'll take your kid and I'll take care of it. You just make sure you just get it to the, to the birth, to the, the birth frame. And then I will take care of it from there. Don't kill the kid. That just, it, it makes no sense to me.
4: Did you hear about the uh, situation up here in Fairbanks where the child was left uh, in an intersection?
3: Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, after we, being born. Yeah, we talked about that, that several is, times.
4: That that just blows my mind. Um, because, yeah, you know, the mental Olympics that people have to go through, uh, whether they claim to be an atheist or whatever, to, to try and justify it in their mind so that they don't feel... Guilty for, for committing murder, uh, is it's really crazy.
3: Yeah. Well, and especially since they're safe, you know the the I don't remember what they call them safe stranded laws or whatever, where you could take it to any police station, fire station, library, you can take it to any of those places, and they will take the take the child, no questions asked. Uh, and maybe they just weren't aware of the law. I don't know, but it just again seems to me that you're, you know, you that that was that was kind of a that was kind of a just a brazen. Uh, uh, you know, very harsh act, uh, but everything worked out in the end, and I'm glad that it did. But, um, you know, I I, again, that's why we have these laws where you can turn a child into any of those places if you just can't care for it. Uh, it makes sense. You know, the child should be protected at that point. Safe haven laws. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, Ken, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate you calling in this morning and uh, and sounding off, uh, being part of it uh, with us. Thank you so much. Uh, Randy is up in Fairbanks. Randy, what's on your mind?
5: This is Randy in Fairbanks. Yep. Oh, how do you know it was me? <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, um, uh, you know, I know rape is uh, not a very common thing, you know, in this whole abortion issue, but I keep thinking back when that CBS news correspondent lady uh, was in Cairo on February fifteenth, twenty eleven. You know, she was covering the Arab Spring change out and suddenly this, were, she was in the midst of a big crowd of people and this, right. these men started kind of gathering around her and they suddenly assaulted her and raped her. And and in her case, I think she should be able to take the morning after pill because at the very early stage of pregnancy, you know, the uh, embryo or the zygote, uh, you know, doesn't have any brain waves. And to me, uh, the issue there is who owns that that uh, entity, that biological entity, there, and and I say that she is 100% ownership, and the entity itself, the embryo itself, does not own itself, because it has no uh, capacity for thought or the concept of possession of its own self, or the concept of possession or anything. It's just like, you know, a, a doctor takes a biopsy. That's living tissue. You could even say innocent tissue, because it hadn't done anything wrong. And and, uh, can take that tissue out and and then examine it and then discard it. And so uh, uh, I think in that case, you know, she certainly should not be forced to carry that that child uh, that would become a child to term.
3: So using your logic, then any child up to the age of basically self-awareness and understanding of self-possession would then be fair game. Because if you don't understand those cells that you know self-possession or their their own space or their own life or uh, you know self, then they should just be fair game at that point. that's that's essentially your argument, even outside the womb at that point.
5: Well, anything outside the womb has, you know, if you can think at all has a sense of self and a sense of self-possession. I'm talking about early, very early, early stages of pregnancy. And, and I personally wouldn't want to see any abortion at any level occur. I just don't think that, the government should have a right to stop a lady who one hundred percent owns that tissue within her uh, has a right to stop her from doing what she wants to do to that tissue even though it may be you know sad you, you know you can always say, right. well, well this, is the, th- this, this is the this is the splitting might become another Mozart or something you know all right kind of
3: this thing. is the splitting hairs part where people decide when does the baby actually become the baby does life begin at conception um, I'm a firm believer that life does begin at conception Um, And so even though, again, in those horrific circumstances, as you talked about, uh, that may be a horrible thing, uh, there have been many stories of people who were conceived under those same type of circumstances that went on to make uh, great, uh, great strides in life and do great things. Now, there have been those in the same circumstances who've grown up to be, you know, horrible people, I'm sure. But there's been horrible people that have been grown out of straight, you know, 100% marriages as well. So, uh, again, I just think that everybody should have the chance. Everybody should have the chance. Is that a horrific situation? Yes, absolutely. I will never dispute that. Horrific situation. Uh, Would it be horrible for her and hard for her? I'm sure. But there are also many stories of women who have grown to love the children, that they have born out of situations like that, and could not think of life without them. Um, and so uh, again, to say that somebody owns something else or anything else because of of it, 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 again, nothing condones murder in my mind, Randy. Nothing condones murder. Uh, now, finding the men who did that and putting them uh, you know, putting them to the noose for doing something like that, that's justice. That's not murder. But an innocent child who had nothing to do with it, that's a problem, and I know everybody wants to go to oh the first heartbeat or the first brainwave or the first this or the first that. When the conception occurs, to me, that is the new life. Now, if in God's infinite wisdom He decides that it need that that needs to end, then that's that's the way it is. But I believe that uh, that that's the way it should be, and that's uh, you, you know you're not going to change my mind with horror stories of bad things happening, because bad things happening all the time. But the problem is, that is the exception and not the rule. The vast majority of abortions, and I would say probably in the 99th percentile of them, have nothing to do with cases of attack, rape, incest, or all the horrible things that are immediately brought up during this discussion. 99% of them. That that just should uh, should not be part of it. I appreciate your call, Randy. Uh, 433, nope, wrong number because we're not using that number this morning. Uh, Number to call is uh, 319-527-3864. 319-527-3864. And, you know, again, uh, and I know there are many people out there who are pro-life and yet say there should be exceptions for rape and incest to which I will say so it's all okay except for the fact that uh, you know no mur- murder is bad except for this murder is okay that's a that's how I look at it it is pretty black and white again this is the reason why a lot of times I don't talk about this issue because it is so fraught with peril and I am so black and white on it but that's just that's just the way it is Ninety nine percent are for convenience, says Timothy. Exactly. That's uh, that's 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 exactly it. All right. uh, Let's go back over to the phones. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
6: Uh, Sandra from Fairbanks.
3: Good morning, Sandra.
6: So um, I'm I'm sure you've seen the movie and planned or read Abby Johnson's book, but they don't the abortion industry doesn't really want to talk about who's actually getting abortions. The image that they always portray is always the single 19-year-old that doesn't know how to parent. They always make that seem like that's most of the major most of the abortions, but most of the abortions are from women that have already had two or three children. So they already know <laughs> the activity that's creating children right. and they just you know like you said, out of convenience, are just you know, want the abortion because they can't handle a third child, a fourth child, right? You know, and so if the abortion industry was ever forced to really put to the public who's getting abortions, I think it would change the public's perception, right, of abortions.
3: Well, and, you know, I, right? and, I, and I don't you know. know, and I don't know where, the you know, again, the last statistics that I saw that said the majority of them were, were performed on, you know, women in their tw- early 20s, uh, you know, black and white. And the, 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 that uh, the black women had it at a higher rate than, than, but I don't know. I haven't seen these statistics in a long time. So I'll, I'll take your word for what you're saying right there on that. The bottom line, again, still remains the same. If it was for convenience, right. that still doesn't make it right. If it was for a horrific yeah. circumstance, yeah. it still does not justify murder. That's I mean, it's I just I don't know how to say it any plainer, you know, and I guess somebody wants to split hairs and and pat themselves to sleep at night and make themselves feel better to say, well, it really wasn't a person because it was only at X week in the yeah. conception channel, you know, in, in, in incubation or whatever. I mean, if they want to make themselves feel better, that's fine. To me, murder is murder. Right. I mean, there's a reason why when a right. woman is pregnant and she gets killed by somebody, that in most places and in most states, the murderer is charged with two murders. Right? right? I mean that that's just that's right. they recognize it then, but when it's inconvenient right. for the for the prospective mom, then it's okay. I just have a problem with that. So
6: well, it's it's like why is it when a woman wants to be pregnant, it's oh.
3: I'm sorry, Sandra. We lost you. Are you still with us? I think we just, I don't know. Sandra's call is still there, but we can't hear her anymore. Okay. Um, all right. Oh, there we go. We got you back. Sandra, are you still there? Oh, she hung up. All right. I think she accidentally muted herself. All right. Well, we're going to continue and uh, see what you guys have to say. Uh, and yeah. And yet it's a federal crime to destroy an eagle egg. Because that's (laughs) Oh man All right, well we're out of time for this segment We're going to continue here in just a minute And um, We'll uh, see what you guys have to say On the other side Again new number this morning 319-527-3864 319-527-3864 If you want to sound off on this Yes I know it's a hot button issue I didn't bring it up well I guess I did with Sean but I think it's you know I think it's important that we at least dissect this at some point Uh, I mean I'm more strident than a lot of pro-life people on this and it's one of the reasons why because it makes me crazy I don't talk about this very often because it does it just agitates me to the because I just can't do the mental gymnastics to figure out when everything is okay right oh now it's okay to kill now it's okay to kill not before, but now it's okay to kill. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
0: We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on, on, the, on, the, on the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain, Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
3: Okay, we're in the break right now, and we are uh, taking uh, taking your calls uh, on the, <laughs> this is the temporary call-in number, 319-527-3864. Zion Barry in the chat room says, Humans are far from endangered the way eagles are. That's a stupid take, not clever at all. Well, but if murder is murder, if we are going to protect an eagle, shouldn't we protect human beings as well? I mean, if a woman being murdered carrying a baby now gets the murderer two counts, shouldn't we at least take into effect that the that the, the murder of that child is should be just as important regardless of who kills kills it? Or is it okay? I mean, is is now it's okay? right? I mean, now it's okay. All right. Post it on your screen. I don't want to post it on my screen, Harold. People can look at the chat room and see it. I've posted it a million times. God, you're so bossy. So bossy. Murder is murder is not a moral oversimplification I don't subscribe. Murder is murder is not a moral oversimplification that I don't subscribe. Well, that sentence was full of contradictions. Murder is murder. I mean, that's kind of the way it is. But uh, you know, feel free to feel free to uh, tell us uh, how it's not. Tell us how murder is not murder. Um, and it's not just a moral oversimplification. I mean, you, I guess you have to have some morality to understand the difference between the right and the wrong of murder. But uh, you know, and yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying in terms of it's a it's a it's a, a, a eagle an animal. Uh, something that has does not have sentience over a human being. Okay, I mean, maybe it's an apples-to-oranges comparison, but I think the irony was the deeper play there on that one. Um, is not a moral oversubscri- oversimplification that I subscribe to. Okay. Uh, do you handle self-defense as murder is murder? Well, no, because, again, you are defending yourself. If you if somebody is attacking you and going to cause you harm, again, in violation of the non-aggression principle, then you have the right to defend yourself against that. If they die in that attempt, that literally is on them for attempting to hurt you in the first place. Context is everything concerning violence. Well, yeah, and I agree. But again, if you if you have a a helpless human baby, right? Whether you want to call it a fetus or a zygote or whatever you want to do, if it is a helpless human and somebody is basically going to attack it and kill it, isn't that murder? I mean, I'm just, I'm asking. Is this some sort of sick right wing podcast? Well, I don't know. I'm a libertarian, so I don't know if right wing is the right way because I'm pro on a lot of other things. This just happens to be one of those issues that I'm not probably in line with a lot of libertarians or definitely progressives. So. I don't know if it's sick or not. You'll have to be the judge of that. You'll have to be the judge of that. Oh no, it's not murder. Okay. Well, good. Well, there you go. You've got it all figured out. Um Let me see what else has got going on in here. So everyone should vote for Chewbacca and have no second choice for U.S. Senate, just like no Joe Miller, she will lose care. I never said that nobody should have a second, no no second choice. I would say that if people are burnt up about this issue, that yeah, they could vote for Kelly as their first choice, and then they could vote for uh, Sean Thorne as their second. I mean, right? I never said that they couldn't vote. I mean, I guess that's the benefit of the ranked choice voting that you were so supportive of is that people can now have a choice to do one or the other. That's the beauty of it. Uh... The beauty of it. All right, I got three lines on hold. um Let's go over here first and we'll get them set up for the return to radio. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? morning, Michael. It's Bull. How are you doing today? Good, Bull. You want to hold the line? You'll be first up in the queue when we get back. Uh, Bull and Fairbanks sounded off. Line two over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
1: April Smith from North
3: Pole. Hello, April. Hold the line. You will be number two in the queue. And number three just dropped off, so I've only got two calls in the queue. We're going to jump back into this here in just a moment, and we're going to uh, uh, we're going to return to the radio and be there. Uh, not ideal, but women get the right to choose. So as long as it's a woman, it's okay. They can choose to murder, and that's fine. That justifies it, which has, again, been part of my problem the whole time. So as long as they're deciding it's okay, then the murder is copacetic. That's all good. It's attached to their body. It's part. It's it's there through their own decisions, right? They made a choice knowing that there was a chance, whether how low, half a percent to whatever, they knew that that was going to occur. So now murder becomes an act of convenience, regardless of whether it's attached to their bodies, part of their domain and everything else. You would agree that that is a human being. Well, maybe you wouldn't agree that it's a human being, but it is a human being. Right? So there it is. Um, and just because just because they made a choice and they don't like the outcome of it does not justify the convenience of that murder. Again, this is why I never touch on this topic, because it immediately sends people off into the pucker brush. Um. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Hi, welcome back. I looked away from the screen for a second. Next thing you know, we're back on the radio. So, hi. Uh, one final segment here. We've got two lines on hold. Uh, we've got Bull up in Fairbanks, and uh, we got April uh, in North Pole. Let's go over to Bull first to see what he has to say. Hello, Bull. What's on your mind?
7: Morning, Michael. How are you doing today?
3: Good, sir. Good. What's What's your thought?
7: Are we stuck on the abortion thing? No, go ahead. Online? Go
3: ahead. Go ahead. Hit me with whatever you're thinking.
7: Well, uh, just to make it simple, um, I'm against abortion, but while we're arguing this, our freedoms are going away at a, oh, just a crazy pace. The country next to us is now under martial law and has a dictator. And we're headed the same way. And personally, I think it's because way too many people in this country love their love their their wealth much more than their liberty. Which would you pick, Michael? Your wealth or your liberty?
3: Well, I would choose liberty personally. I mean, that's just me. Um, I know some would rather. Really again, can I, Yeah.
7: Can I ask you a question?
3: Sure, go ahead. Why did you Why did you change?
7: your lead into your show because they were going to take you off a medium that's profitable.
3: Well, I took it off the show because they were going to take me out there, not because it's profitable to to me or to them. It's basically I wanted to be able to spread as much of the word as I could. Um, I guess if you want to look at it like I could have stood to my ground and then not had as many people hear the show, then I guess uh, you're right. Spreading the word of liberty in that way probably is – less quote-unquote profitable to me at that point
7: well the tree of life or the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants our liberties are going away at at, at just an exponential rate and people need to see what's going on and i'm afraid we're going to be arguing and, and is the abortion thing important yes it is but as far as If I put my liberty and rank things down the line, whether my freedom of speech, my freedom from illegal search and seizure, et cetera, et cetera. Abortion is going to wind up way down the line. We can worry about that later. And did you ever hear the saying that, you know, like a a drug addict, they never, they, 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 they can never be cured until they admit their problem. Right. All right. Look at this country. Look at the amount of killings, the amount of gun crime, et cetera, et cetera. And if you're, I mean, where 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 does 90 percent of it happen, Michael?
3: The gun crime, ninety uh, percent of it happens in the uh, urban areas, uh, high density populations, big metroplexes, and cities.
7: And. Um... Who are, who, who are the victims of most of this? Are they, are they white folks or Spanish folks or African-Americans?
3: Well, I mean, it's an, it's a, it's an even mix, although the minorities do edge it on the, uh, on the overall scale, I believe, if I remember the correct uh, numbers from the last UCR. If, if you look at the numbers, you'll
7: find out 12% of the population is committing somewhere between 50% and 60% of the gun crimes and are somewhere around 80% of the victims. Yeah. So I just throw it out there. What kind of a problem does this country really have?
3: Well, I think one of the the problems we have in this country is probably an accurate thought, an analytical thought uh, 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 problem, that we take a lot of things at face value when we should be looking deeper into it, Bull, and I agree with you on that uh, for sure. Thank you for your call. I appreciate you calling in. I got April in North Pole. Again, the number to call this morning is uh, 319-527-3864 if you want to sound off. Good morning, April. What's on your mind?
1: Morning, Michael. Um, first of all, I just wanted to say to Bull that without life, there is no liberty. And so abortion is not going to be way down there. It, uh, it, life should be our first right. And uh, I just, I want to say that Um, You know, there's little things that creep in on us um, with the pro-life ideals um, in in the public school. Um, Last night at the Fairmont-Small Borough School Board, uh, we were asked to approve a resolution for um, honoring or recognizing International Women's Day, and it would seem real straightforward. I'm a woman. Uh, Most of our school board is women. Most of our administration is women. I have four daughters. And I voted no for that resolution. And the reason for that is that uh, if you really research International Women's Day um, and the organization itself, they want to empower women by providing unrestricted abortion throughout the world. And I will never support that, and I would never support schoolchildren glorifying that. And so we really have to be vigilant because it's it's little things like that that really come in and and chip away at the resolve of of our um, families, um, where the school is celebrating International Women's Day, which seems great. But at the heart of it, it's really about empowering women to kill their own children. A lot of which are daughters.
3: Well, and I would make the argument at some point that most people would never make that connection, and so International Women's Day is not uh, necessarily the boogeyman overall. Yes, we always have to look deeper in those kind of things and figure out what the base belief system is of something that we're celebrating, and it would be a good idea. And I mean, congratulations to you for voting against it, but I would also make the argument that 99% of people would not even make that connection at that point. Maybe that's part of the thing of making us more inured to it and more, you know, just nodding our heads and putting us all in rocking chairs. Uh, but at the same time, I think that most people would be like, they would have no idea that that's what it is. So maybe it's the educational component that we need more than anything else.
1: It is. And, and another capacity uh, that I have is I'm um, the vice president of Rights to Life for Interior Alaska. And um, I just want to put it out there that 98% of abortions are procured out of fear. And I know you were using the word convenience, and it does seem like convenience until you really spend your, um, I'm not defending anyone having an abortion, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm a resident of Right to Life, um, and I have 10 children, but I, um, I do just want to remind everyone, all the listeners, that, that most abortion is procured out of fear, fear of, financial instability, fear of retribution from partners, uh, fear of loss of future. And now, if we want to stop abortion, we really need to change the way that we treat women and that we view pregnancy. Um, and, and if we do those things, if we support women in their crisis pregnancies, um, then you'll, you'll see the abortion um, situation change.
3: Well, I think maybe that's part of it. I also believe that we need more, you know, that we need more support. And, and I think in part it's what you're saying. We need more support uh, outside of the government and other institutions as well um, to help, uh, to help uh, you know, women who are at risk or women who are struggling with that kind of thing. They do need a bigger support system if they want to be able to do those things uh, and and have that kind of support. And that, that would go a long way, I think, into – maybe slowing that down. And I think, as I mentioned earlier, also the removal or the restriction on the welfare state would help as well because it would disincentivize that it would make it not that I I think a lot of these women are going out there attempting to get pregnant for the benefit of a welfare check, but it is, it makes it less inconvenient or less fearful for them if they do. So that's just my take on it. Um, All right. Thank you for your call, April, for calling in. Uh, this morning, the Pivotel call-in number is 319-527-3864 if you want to sound off. We're down to the last three minutes of the show today, and uh, we'll see what you have to say. Somebody on Twitch just said, 10 children is child abuse, um, which I guess leads to the question of, really? If they can provide for and take care of and feed and clothe 10 children then I don't see how that's child abuse. I don't see how a simple number when does the number not become child abuse? Is it eight children or seven or six? I mean, I have five children myself. Does that make me is that make is that child abuse because I had five children that I raised and clothed and taught and schooled and raised to be adults? Is that where's the cut where's the magical cutoff line there? I mean, I'm just I'm just questioning. I'm just I'm just asking. And uh and <laughs> you know, and and if somebody like I said, we already have laws on the books if there are people who are not taking care of their children, we already have laws on the books for that because that's what somebody else said earlier. Well, you know, there's there there are instances where they don't, uh, they don't women don't get the abortion and then the fathers don't step in or the women don't take care of the children. There are already laws on the books for that. If you abuse or neglect your children, there are already laws for that on the books. Why aren't why wouldn't we be enforcing those laws instead of, you know, uh, and assuming that everybody and assuming that anybody that hits a certain threshold or does a certain thing is going to act a certain way or because a small percentage of people do that, then we're going to penalize the other vast, vast majority that aren't going to do those things. It's like minority report or something. I mean, I just I just I just don't I mean, it used to, you know, it used to be that five children was a small family. Today you tell somebody you got five kids, they look at you like you just grew a second head out of your shoulder or something. And if you got 10 kids, you're obviously, as somebody in the chat room said, child abuser because you have 10 children cuz you couldn't possibly care for and take care of all those children. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the answer. That's the answer. <sighs> it's uh, it's a conundrum. It is a conundrum. Like I said, this is one of the reasons why I don't touch on this much on the show. I probably talked about it three times in 20 years, four times in 20 years for this exact reason. It's a very volatile topic. All right. Tomorrow, Mike Schauer on the program. And we're going to be uh, we're going to be continuing with him. Then we're going to talk about uh, all the things that are going on in the legislature and more. All right, folks, we got to go. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free thinking radio. Be kind to one another, love one another. We'll see you tomorrow. So how much does it cost to raise a kid? The average cost of raising a child born to a middle-income married couple is $267,000 over the period of 18 years. Uh or more than $14,000 a year per child. So child abuse, 10 people child abuse. Okay. Well, um I mean, I guess at first you're talking about averages and everything else, but you have no idea how much somebody makes, so I mean, maybe he makes 2 or 300,000 bucks a year. And that $14,000 for 10 children is not that big a deal. Again, the blanket statements are astonishing. I'm a simpleton. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I would understand that that was an insult, but I'm a simpleton. So it's okay. You keyboard warrior, you. I'm sure you can keep up. <laughs> Maybe they grow their own food. That's child abuse, too. You can't teach children how to grub in the ground. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, folks, uh, out of time. As I said, be kind to one another. Love one another. Live well. And uh, we will see you tomorrow. Don't forget to hit like and share on Facebook. And like and follow the show page. Don't forget to hit subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube. And yeah, if you're on Twitch and you want to follow this simpleton, you can hit follow as well, if you feel like it. Other than that, we will see you tomorrow, my friends. Have a great day.